We have a lot of rooted, deeply rooted issues in education. Who get centered as experts, whose voices we get to hear. And realizing that I do have biases, whether I don't or not, we all do. We start talking so much about it and so loudly, but then we start muffling the voices of the people who have actually experienced it. I'm Kelly Jackson, owner of the Simply Organized Teacher and host of the podcast Simply Teach. What things do we as educators need to be aware of? What things do we need to be doing or consuming so that we can be creating the best possible learning environments for all of our students, especially our students of color? That's what this Racism in Education series is all about. Practical things that we can be doing as educators to educate ourselves, educate our students, and make changes that will last for generations to come. No matter where you are on this journey, you're welcome here. Hey there, and welcome to episode number two in the Racism in Education series. In episode one, you heard Sharonda talk about the importance of looking at the books that you have in your classroom. That's what I've noticed most teachers doing in the last few months in response to the racial injustice that our eyes are being opened to. It feels like one of those practical things that we can do And I think it's such a great place to start. That's why I brought on Carissa today to talk about identity and ensuring that all of your students' identities are represented in your classroom library. Here's my conversation with Carissa. Hey, Carissa, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. We're, you are on a special little mini series that we're doing with Simply Teach on racism in education, how it plays out, and then what we as educators can be doing uh, in the classroom to work on educating our students and just changing the narrative and the story for our, our students of color and all that kind of stuff. And I'm excited to have you on today to uh, talk about mirrors, windows, and doors. Correct. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I saw you present at the Total Teacher Summit earlier this summer uh, that Everything Education put on, and I loved your talk and your energy. And I just like actually stopped watching it like halfway through because I was like, I want her on the podcast, and I want. I don't like to watch every like if I know I want to have somebody on, I don't want to get all the information from something I'm watching and then come and try to have like the conversation about it, you know? Um, but I'm excited for you to come on and talk about that because you were the first time that I really heard this analogy, um, out there about books and diversifying our library. So will you just dive in and tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can talk about how we can diversify our libraries? Absolutely. So, um, that, phrase has actually been around for a a while. That's what Um, I saw when I was doing research and I felt so silly. (laughs) No, but the thing is, um, these things take practice. And like when we're, when we're not taught or we haven't practiced these things, um, there's no way for us to even to know, but, um, the, the term or the quote comes from a, uh, professor and educator in, um, from Ohio State University, Rudine Sims Bishop. And she she said that children need books that are mirrors that allow them to see themselves and their own experiences. So it starts with your interest self, right? They need windows that they can look through to see other worlds that they can compare their own. And they also need sliding glass doors that allow them to enter into other worlds. So um, for me, this, when I read that quote, I felt immediately 
seen and heard as an adult. And my, you know, we, we live a lot of times in our adulthood through our inner child. And, um, when I read her words and, um, dug into some of her research, I was like, this is what I needed as a child, I needed as an adult, and I know my students need this. So I completely, I don't want to say I changed, but I just, I really tried to, I was intent in shifting my search when it came to resources um, for my classroom. How long have you been teaching at this point? So um, I am going, this fall is my seventh year teaching, and I teach general music. So vocal, but we do a lot more than vocal. So kindergarten through fifth grade. And uh, this fall, I actually will be teaching kindergarten through eighth grade. So um, yeah, so it's even more important from in in my opinion, because around that adolescence age, fifth to eighth grade, students are really trying to figure out who they are. And if they don't have that strong foundation, um, it can be very traumatic and damaging throughout their continued adolescence and into adulthood, speaking from experience. So, um, so yeah, I, I will be starting my seventh year this fall. So when you like stumbled upon this research and this idea of like looking at books through each of those different, like that lens. framework, yeah, the lens, thank you. Um, had you already been in the classroom teaching at that point or was this something before you got into the classroom? I I was in the classroom, you know, I was, I'm constantly, (laughs) I kind of break rules. I don't really like follow a strict curriculum or curricula. I am always like learn school was hard. I didn't, I did not enjoy school as a child. So I know that, um, right now we're combating that with our students because of technology and now with COVID, I mean, I just feel like kids really struggle to pay attention and want to learn. And so I'm constantly digging for anything that I can get them focused to learn whatever standard or whatever um, content I'm trying to teach. So I I stumbled upon this work, this research by Professor Bishop, um, just, I don't know, exploring the internet really. And, um, as I said, just my own self-reflection and how I felt like I just, I didn't see myself ever. And so I, I didn't, I don't want my students to feel that way. I want them to see themselves in so many different scenarios. And the way to do that is to expose them to literature and music and um, artists and philanthropists and all different types of people that they can see themselves within. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. Like you mentioned about the music and I know obviously you're a music teacher, but something that I've even learned like on a personal level in the past few months, I'm, uh, I started listening to this podcast called melanated faith. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's these two, um, black women out of Texas. One of them lives in Austin, I think, which I'm like from the Austin area. So I always get excited when a podcast host like lives where I know, you know, Um, but they are obviously talking about um, race issues and whatnot. And they they talked about how important it is me as a white woman to be consuming music. Like my music is pretty um, 
like <laughs> pretty small country music, you know, top 100, whatever that kind of stuff. And they really opened my eyes to how important it is to be consuming music from uh, artists of different races, because that is, that plays in to culture and all that kind of stuff and how important that is. And I think that's so important that we are exposing our kids at such a young age to all of these different people and cultures and ways of doing things, music, books, all that kind of stuff, I think is so critical for them to be experiencing. It really is. It's the, it's very human. And I think that's something that a lot of white people are f- afraid of um, because in our country, white is default. And I, I'm, I'm a transracial adoptee. And so I have two white parents and I know the, the white community very well. I grew up as the only brown person in my community. And so race wasn't discussed, which was always so interesting to me because I, it was always there, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so we have to practice these conversations about our own identities, whatever, whatever they may be. And, um, that starts, I mean, it starts at home, but it also can start in our classrooms. Identity is, it's human. It's part, it's, it is who we are. That's what the definition It's who you are. And so we need to be having these safe conversations and we need to practice these conversations with our kids so that when harder um, conversations come regarding race, regarding ethnicity, regarding some of the injustices that have happened throughout our nation's history, we, we have that foundation of identity already. So, right. and we come to terms with it and we, we understand that part. And I think that's one of the, the hardest things for a lot of white educators, white parents is we, ju- they, we don't talk, they don't talk about race. They just don't, I mean, about, for themselves. Right? right. Well, for me growing up, it was like always, we don't talk about it because, exactly. Because then you're like considered racist by talking about being white or something. It's like this weird convoluted, like it's over there. We're not going to, we're going to leave it over there. Right. And and that in, in a way, and that what's so interesting too, is um, that is a, that can be quite a privileged mindset Mm -hmm. because you don't have to think about it. Right. Whereas everyone else, all non-white people, it is in the forefront of your identity. And so, yeah, really kind of reclaiming that part of identity and teaching that to our kids, white children included, they need to know that that's part of their own identity and that's okay. Yeah. And there are some privileges that come with it and that's okay because it's who they are. We have to, <laughs> we have to practice these conversations. Children should not be they should not be intimidated by their own identities. They shouldn't feel like they can't speak on who they are. Yeah, no, I think that's so important because like I'm a 30 year old woman and I still to this day, like have a hard time identifying my culture or my identity because I've like always been taught that everybody else has, it's like this centering thing, right? Everybody else has the culture. Everybody else has the identity. I'm just here in the white person, you know, and it's like, that's not good either for having these conversations and for educating our kids to just like silence a whole half of the group. 
right? I mean, is that right in my thinking? No, that's, that is exactly how I feel. And that's how I feel about the word um, diversity. I think a lot of people, it's a buzzword. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it sounds nice, but like, what do people mean by that? I, I, I call these books that I'm actively seeking so that my students can identify and learn about themselves, learn about others as inclusive books. These are books that include everyone. Because what happens is a lot of people, when they're talking about diversity, they just mean black and brown, right? Or something other than the default white, right? right. And that's that's not my goal. My goal is to have an inclusive library that all of my students can see themselves or they can see their classmates or they can see some, they can make a connection with somebody that they saw on Disney plus or whatever. I want them to have access to an inclusive experience, an inclusive library, inclusive music library, whatever, whatever I'm using to teach the concepts that I'm teaching. I want it to be inclusive for all. And that's, some people are like, well, that's impossible. Well, sure, but we can take one step every day towards that inclusive uh, goal, one day at a time. Right, right. Yeah, you can't jump. I mean, it, it would. Yeah, it's impossible to be including everyone all the time. So I just one day at a time. Right. So since you came into this like in the middle of your education, like your time in the classroom. I'm hoping that will be encouraging to teachers that are listening right now that are looking at their classroom libraries and thinking, oh, like it's, it's pretty white based, you know, all the characters and whatnot. Where would you encourage teachers to go? Like, where would you encourage them to start um, with trying to create more inclusive inclusivity (laughs) in their classroom libraries? Yeah. um, And I'm just, before I um, answer that question, I probably should have stated a little bit more about my own identity before we started. So I, my name is Carissa Duncanson and I, I use the pronouns she, her, and hers. I am a black woman who is, it's weird. Like I, I am a woman. I'm 30 as well. (laughs) I just, sometimes I'm like, am I 17? No. Being Um, being a woman, you mean? Like is the weird part? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still grasping that part of my identity. I am transitioning into womanhood and it's really, it's really interesting. But um, I also am a transracial adoptee, which has, which is a huge part of my identity. And um, so, and especially with this being a podcast, people, when they look at me, they have different views than when they listen to me. So I think it's really important that I address and speak to my identity because um, like we have said, and we will continue to talk about, sometimes we are, we kind of um, limit or we tone down some of the parts of our identities because of society, because of fear, whatever it may be, not fitting in. But I think it's really important for me as a teacher to speak to my identity and be that example for my students um, so that they can find confidence and security in their own um, identities that they carry. So some great resources that I would suggest, I have two um, websites. Um, One of them is, it's on colorfulpages.org, colorfulpages.org. And they have a a blog post, um, I believe it's under resources, um, yeah, it's the resources blog. Yeah, and the, it might be under book lists. But um, it is their anti-racist books for elementary students, and it's called a diverse book list. Again, 
that there's that, <laughs> that buzzword, but um, it has a long list of books to discuss anti-racism. It has their, the image of the book listed along with the title, the author, and then a little bio of the book and why it's really good, a really good resource. And then the other website is theconsciouskid.org. And I'm, I would encourage a lot of the listeners to follow The Conscious Kid on Instagram and Facebook. They have amazing resources, discussions, support, and everything in between for parents, teachers, and everyone. And they have a book list that's um, the anti-racist slash children's books. And they have just a long list of books. And I'm, I see some newer books on here. So I'm wondering if they're updating it, you Mm -hmm. know, um, as time goes on, but it is a wonderful resource as well. And I believe, let me just click on one. All of their, the images in their list are live links. So you click on the image of the book and it, it explains, okay, this book is I Am Enough by Grace Byers, illustrated by uh, Ketura Abobo. This is a gorgeous book, blah, 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 blah. And they explain why it is um, on this list. So those two resources are really great. Um, and again, maybe like it can seem overwhelming. Oh my God, that's 50 books. I can't do that. Well, for me, I'm a visual person. I look at a book that I look through and whatever book just like my, my eyes are drawn to, I'm like, okay, that's going to be the one that I'm going to dig. And then I actually find the book, read the book. Then I think about the concepts that I'm trying to teach. Because I really think that we can use these books to teach concepts within our curriculum. I don't go into um, my searches thinking, all right, I'm I'm really going to be working on uh, a rhythmic. Uh, you can lesson. say any word, and I wouldn't even know if it was actually music related or not. Yeah, you no, know, but like I'm I'm I don't come into my searches with like a mindset of this is the curricular goal. I need to find a book to adhere to that curricular goal. No, the goal is inclusivity. So I need to find a book that is inclusive and then use my creative mind mm. and think about how could I teach X, Y, or Z concept alongside of this book? Cause we usually go about it the other way. Yes. It's kind of backwards, but it's really, for me, it's been a learning experience and it makes me really think critically and really challenge myself. Um, instead of being stagnant in like, all right, here's this, I'm going to teach this every, um, unit one, blah, blah, blah. Like it really, it encourages me to be challenged and try to come up with new ways, new ways to, um, teach a concept through an inclusive book or song or whatever it may be artist. Right. Right. No, I like that of kind of going about it that different way. And um, you'll be surprised. Yeah. Like, like there have been so many times, and I'm before COVID, I'm a dallier, like dally, dally, dally. <laughs> like, I'm the worst person to shop with. I'm the worst person <laughs> to like 
go to an antique store. I will be in there just walking for hours and bookstores are my, my husband is, mm. (laughs) no, we are not stopping. I'm like, yes. So for bookstores, I would, I just go in and I just pull books and read through them just aimlessly, really. And I had the conversation with my husband last week. He was like, you have too many books. I said, well, <laughs> there's well, no such thing. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I do. And then he said, well, do you even know what you're going to, how you're going to use some of these? No, I don't, but I will. <laughs> and so he kind of just knows. And, and that's exactly it. We have a rainy day and I have a stack of books and I'm like, I, I wanted to do something with them. I have no idea what I read through it again. And I see something that I didn't see before. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really believe that children's literature is one of the most powerful tools to teach and to really engage children, especially in this day and age of the lack of storytelling, mm-hmm. the lack of, of reading, the lack of written word, um, visual art, you know, the lack of, those types of interactions, those very human, human interactions. So I, I am gung ho about incorporating any type of book in any type of lesson and it can be done. Well, and I love that you're doing it in the music classroom too. Cause like, I forgot about that when you said you're a music teacher, I forgot that like, obviously I knew that when I watched your training. Um, and I remember watching your training and being like, Oh, Interesting. Cause you think of music teachers as like, okay, you only have 45 or 50 minutes with the kids. Like I'm not going to waste time reading a book, but, um, I mean, books are so important and I love that you are helping your kids and helping other teachers listening right now to really think about including books in all aspects of teaching and all of our kids, all of their different, um, life situations into the books that we're presenting with them. So if the teacher is listening right now and is feeling really overwhelmed, you gave us two places to go. What would you say is like the first thing that they should do? Do we just start with like, just buy one or two books or, cause like, I think there's probably this feeling to like overhaul and, yeah. Oh, I've got to fix it all tomorrow. I think it's really important to be reflective. So thinking about yourself and thinking about your own identity, like what are all the pieces of you? Like what? And pieces of your identity are your race, your ethnicity, your gender, your um, class, your, are you educated or not? Are you able-bodied? All of these, just like write a list of who you are and then think about your own experience as a, as a student. Did you see yourself reflected? Did you see, could you, um, um, in any, in books, in, in music, in, um, even thinking beyond the classroom, celebrities that you knew or heard of growing up or the teachers that you had in your school, did you aspire to be like them? Could you, did you see yourself in them? So thinking about things like that and then flip that and think about your kids. Do your students see themselves in the school building, in the resources that you have within your library or within the school library? Do they see themselves in leadership roles, right? Do they see themselves, um, do they see themselves at school? I, I think those are some really good tips to, to start. Just, it starts with your inner self, the mirror, mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors. 
that self-reflection comes first. And when you are able to better understand yourself and truly speak to who you are, then you can help guide your children and your students to help speak to who they are. And you can um, create those, those tools and have that mindset, that lens of thinking, oh, reflection. Oh, this book would be a window. My students would be able to see maybe the neighboring city that looks different than yours. Or maybe it's an, a sliding door. It's a story about a child all the way in Afghanistan, and they would be able to see or have access to a new experience or or, or um, identity that they they never seen before. So yeah, just starting with self. I love that. I love the way you brought that back around to the, like we started out with the mirrors, doors and golly, why do I keep getting it? Mirrors, doors and windows. I keep thinking that I'm like saying one more than once, oh, it's Okay, <laughs> but I love how you brought it back around to that. That was awesome. Um, will you tell everybody where they can find you to connect with you and keep learning yeah. from you? Um, one more resource. I will say um, this is a book that I, I picked up and I didn't know how I was going to use it in music class because it's really, it seems really heavy. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I could use this. But the book is Intersection Allies. The authors are, sorry, I want to get the names right. Latoya Con- Council, Chelsea Johnson, and Carolyn Choi. And this book um, was a great tool for me and my husband to talk about our own identities. And it sparked some conversations within my relationship with my husband and how we uh, talk about our own self identities. So I would, if you're not sure, like, well, I don't really know how to like talk about all of the intersections or all the pieces of my own identity. This book is a children's book, but it's literally a conversation tool for any, anyone. I think that's what some of us adults need is like almost like to go back to being like children and talking we about live this. Through our inner child. We really do. We really, really do. And I think that the more practice we have talking about our ourselves, the better we will be and the more confident we will be. And then we can really guide our students and guide our colleagues and just help each other be, be conscious beings. So that book is a really, a goes hand in hand with searching for yourself or reflecting upon yourself. But um, you can find me at music with Mrs. Dunk um, on Instagram, on Facebook. My email is music with Mrs. Dunk at gmail.com. And um, I'm also on Twitter, but my Twitter is <laughs> music with Mrs. Dunk because, you know, Twitter handles have to be less. So there's no eight with the with. So, um, but I'm on Twitter too. So you can follow me on any of those platforms. Always feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to talk more about identity and giving tools or guidance to be more comfortable with some of these conversations. I think they're hard because we don't practice them. And I always use the analogy of um, musicians. And when I first started playing the piano, when I first started playing my cello, I did not sound good. I actually sounded like shit. And (laughs) some of these conversations, they're going to be hard. They're going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to sound good. That's okay. That's human. It needs, it takes practice and time and practice and time and practice and time and guidance from others, just like playing an instrument. 
and I'm sorry, my, 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 uh, I forgot to exit out of my Microsoft Teams. It's bleeping in the, in the background, but it takes time and practice and that's okay. And, and, and that's how we become beautiful time and practice. So be gentle with yourself, be kind, don't give up. These conversations will seem hard and awkward, but I can't even, I don't know. I'm, I'm a musician. So I really just think about that first cello bow and it's just so awkward in your hand. It sounds horrid and you're just so like on the verge of like, well, I will never sound good. And you have to just be persistent in practice. And that's the same thing with these conversations on inclusivity and identity. Um, Practice, practice, practice. Practice. I love it. I think that's great. I think that that is what teachers and educators and just people that look like me need to hear is that practice mess up, you know, like there's going to be things that are awkward, like you said, but that's how we grow. And that's how we get to where we, we want to be as a nation, as a country, as an education system. So thank you so much for coming on today and for talking with us about this. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad to be here and talk about the things that really are important to me. And I, I'm so happy to help guide other teachers to this journey of inclusivity. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming along on this journey. If you want any more information about the ladies that you're going to hear on this series or anything that you hear that we talk about in these episodes, you can find all the information over on the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash mini. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful to have you share it over on social media and tag me at the Simply Organized Teacher. Or you can head to wherever you are listening to this podcast right now and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This episode was edited by the team over at Podcastology. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, classroom organization resources, and all of the courses can be found over on my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Make sure to join my email list and get weekly organization tips straight to your inbox by heading to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash email. Y'all have a great week.